Hi, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieV47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! episode 79 of victory road a pokemon podcast it's time for another adventure in the multiverse of pokemon i'm your host doug and i'm team ravenclaw witzer because today we are smashing two universes together the world of pokemon and the wizarding world of harry potter of course victory road is a production of the four-eyed radio network and is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design to fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com and as always please subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're listening those ratings and reviews make victory road more visible and easier to find today i am joined by a special guest co-host she's a great friend of mine and one of my co-hosts on novel gaming a podcast about books and video games with swishes and flicks of other pop culture it's vicky Hi, Vicky. Hi, Doug. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I um, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. I'm going to say I'm Team Raven IQ is going to be my <laughs> my team name for today. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, before we get into anything, because I am sure at least a few eyebrows raised when they saw the title of this episode, mm-hmm. we want to acknowledge at the very top of this that J.K. Rowling sucks <laughs> and we and we want to acknowledge that despite the words that she has said claiming otherwise her behavior and her beliefs put into action demonstrate a clear anti-trans position we want it to be very clear that the two of us and victoria road for as long as it's existed are firmly aligned with trans folks in their fight for equality and we've committed ourselves to action in order to support and fight alongside trans folks mm-hmm. um trans folks deserve dignity and respect opportunities and resources and healthcare specific to their needs and trans people deserve much better from the institutions and people uh, currently attempting to limit or eliminate their ability to navigate the world safely and fairly now all that said if and how you choose to engage with the creation of someone like rolling is up to you it's your decision to make especially when that creation is a world that so many of us grew up with escaped into and found really deep meaning in It's hard not to when the protagonist is literally like a weird kid who (laughs) comes out of a closet to discover a world of magic full of like weirdos and freaks. Like, how could we not, right? Mm -hmm. Frankly, I believe that the Wizarding World has grown bigger than Rowling in a lot of ways. And I believe that fans have the ability and power to maintain and transform that world into one as meaningful and magical as it felt to many of us when we were kids without necessarily needing to support Rowling herself. So the hope is simply this. If you disagree with Rowling's recent anti-trans behavior, and we hope that you do, don't ignore it and do find ways to counter it within or outside your Wizarding World experience. Felt like it was really important to clarify off the jump Mm -hmm. that we're not doing this in support of J.K. Rowling. We're doing it because we're fans of a world she just happened to create. Mm -hmm. So now that we've made that clear, (laughs) (laughs) now that we've gotten that out of the way... (laughs) 
let's explore this world on our terms and through the lens of Pokemon. <laughs> yes, fun stuff. <laughs> uh. So, Vicky, yes. uh, you and I podcast together, obviously, but you haven't been on Victor Road before, so you're new to this audience. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello. Um, I guess the best place to start is just to get an idea of you and your experience with Pokemon and, and, and you know, the Wizarding World as well. So, I guess starting off, like, what's your... What's your Pokemon origin story? Like, what's your relationship with Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say uh, I-, I was, like, sidelined for Pokemon Red and Blue. My younger brother got it for his birthday when it came out. And I did not get it, but I got to watch him play it. And then he – I think he got Blue first, then he got Red. And then I finally got the uh, Game Boy, the Pikachu edition Game Boy with Pokemon Yellow. Uh. And that's really where it all begins. Um, I'm so jealous you had that. I know. And I have. Still present tense. Yes. Even more jealous you still have it. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. And I need to replace the speaker, but it still works wonderfully. So I I love that Game Boy. I'll have it forever. Uh, So that's where it really uh, started for me. And I I did uh, strong Gen 1. I skipped a couple generations. And then probably in the past five years, I've really had a resurgence of Pokemon love mm-hmm. and affection. Um, so I've been playing catch up a lot with with the games. Um, in the past year, I've been I played Black, Sun and Moon. Now I'm on to Let's Go Pikachu. And then I'll play Shields as well. So I'm playing catch up, but still very invested, <laughs> just like a little bit behind everyone else in the world. <laughs> but you've been blitzing through uh, yeah. a lot of games. So over the past few years, if you've played even a few games, you're playing them at a higher rate than they're coming out. So you'll you'll, you'll be right alongside us soon I enough. <laughs> I hope so. And I'd still like to play all the ones I missed. So, you know, yeah. lifetime of Pokemon. <laughs> well, I, I hope to replay a lot of them that I only played once. Yeah. So maybe at some point you and I can even yes. play something, you know, in conjunction. I'd like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, what I mean, of the games you've played, uh, what are what are your favorites? Like, what are some of the best Pokemon games in your like from your perspective? Yeah, I so I tend to be someone who's very sentimental and nostalgic. So I do mm-hmm. like Pokemon Yellow a lot, like the originals. Um, yeah, I mean, Let's Go is a copy, but you know, I have replayed Pokemon Yellow and like my cartridge. We replayed it. We replaced the battery, so I was able to pick that again. <laughs> Keep again, playing which is cool. it. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. It's you know more difficult now. Uh, because it's i don't know technology is too great the screens look too good now so it's a little bit harder but i still like it yeah um i i did play fire red on my game boy micro that i also love and i think that oh, that's right that's one of my favorite <laughs> experiences in general mm-hmm. just because it's a cool system and a, a cool game um, is the micro backlit it is backlit nice uh, yeah, so I I really like the oldies uh, for sure, but I also like all the little spinoff Pokemon, the non uh, main games. So mm-hmm. like on Switch, I love playing Pokemon Cafe Mix. Yes, um, yes, me too. <laughs> so cute and fun. And then Pokemon Pinball was something my mom always played. Yeah, growing up that I recently picked up in the past year, and that's just fun to put in as well. Yeah, I uh, I forgot that I owned Pokemon Pinball Advance. I think. For Game Boy Advance, I was like watching, I forgot it even existed, but I was watching, I don't remember what I was watching, but I was watching something recently was like, wait a second, I had that game. Huh. <laughs> uh, and I must have played it a lot. So yeah, I like the Pokemon pinball games. Yeah. And I like that you like Cafe Mix because 
I played it a little bit at the beginning and then like recently in the past couple weeks after barely playing it at all, uh-huh. I went on like a massive cafe mix kick. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. We've not talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. And it was just in time because I was able to get like uh, a Snorlax from <gasps> like a recent event. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> what, uh, what, are, what are some of your favorite Pokemon specifically? Well, I think based on that reaction, you might be able to guess. I have a strong affinity for Snorlax. Um, <laughs> I'm a pretty predictable person and like to do and play the same things over and over again. So my starters tend to be the same variations, give or take mm-hmm. like one or two Pokemon. So typically there's always Snorlax in my party. Uh, it's He's my heavy. I <laughs> I do really like Pikachu. I like Eevee as well, but Pikachu has always been like one of my go-tos. Yeah. I also have a very soft spot for Mimikyu. Mimikyu yes. is I might beat out uh Pikachu and Snorlax as like <laughs> that would be the one that I pick. I just care a lot for Mimikyu's well-being and I want it to be loved. So <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect cuz all it wants is to be yeah, loved. <laughs> that's and that's all I want to do. So we can hang out together and be great. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't even realize. So you and I just actually at the time of recording last night yes. played Pokemon Unite. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that when you had chosen Snorlax, oh, yeah. it was like from a place of like deep love. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have. And I usually make those decisions when I have to pick something. Um, mm-hmm. I hate it. And it, it takes me a long time and I want to read and like see what I'm doing. That it was like two seconds. And I only hesitated <laughs> because Pikachu was one of my other options. And I was like, nah, yeah. it's going to be Snorlax for this game. <laughs> if Snorlax is on the menu, like oh, it's decided. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't realize that. Did you see recently that picture that was going around uh, on Twitter, but I'm sure other places as well, of like a cat sleeping on a massive like Snorlax beanbag? No. <laughs> it's just like a cat passed out on a big Snorlax oh beanbag. Oh my gosh, I did not I'll have to see find it. it. You will appreciate it. <laughs> I absolutely will. <laughs> so safe to say that like one of those would be your partner, either Snorlax or Mimikyu or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Nice. Well, you mentioned Cafe Mix. I mentioned Unite, but is there anything in the world of Pokemon recently that's been piquing your interest or something that you've been particularly curious about or into yeah so something else this weekend uh that i watched on youtube so i mentioned on our yesterday when we were chatting i started yokai uh watch which oh yeah yeah similar vibes to pokemon uh and we watched a video on connections between so yokai is means spirits in japanese so connections between like spirits that exist in japanese culture and pokemon and mm-hmm. loose loose connections sure. uh, somewhere a stretch but one of the things that really stood out to me so i you know, maybe it's me being rude and not nice but like <laughs> pokemon like klefki and rotom just feel a little lazy to me or like <laughs> the one that's a washing machine and even yeah. trubbish which i love it will come up yeah. later i'm sure uh, just kind of feel like, <laughs> really, that's what you did? But You're not uh, into the, like, item-based? No. As opposed to, like, animal-based? <laughs> yeah, I just want something a little bit more creative. But yeah. I did learn this weekend that there are Japanese spirits that inhabit household items. Um, oh. So I have to, like, take my judgment back because that's, you know, kind of loosely based in actual, like, culture. So sure. not lazy just you know so that was something that i I learned and 
it does kind of recontextualize certain Pokemon, right? Like yeah. if it's if it's a common aspect of of like the culture where Pokemon originates from, it kind of helps explain some of the Pokemon that seem to just be like items as opposed yeah. to like, oh no, there's like kind of a a basis for like items being alive in a way you wouldn't necessarily expect. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I I, I want to do somebody you know somebody suggested when I was soliciting ideas for uh, new episodes. Somebody suggested doing something like an episode that explores some of the Japanese mythology and yeah. stuff that goes into Pokemon. So we might end up doing something like that down the road. Um, I might have to have to dip into some of your recent discoveries. Yeah, you have to point me in some directions. I'll share that with you. Yeah, it's it's it was like thirty minutes, so we only got through about half, but it was yeah. really interesting and enlightening. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always enjoy finding finding out where uh, where Pokemon kind of come from, like the yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, since we're doing two universes today, we have another origin story uh, that I would love to get from you, which is. Your Harry Potter slash Wizarding World origin story. <laughs> I, I uh, am an OGer with Harry Potter, so I remember. I think I was in fourth grade, probably, but I went to our local library, and mm-hmm. our, like our librarian had Sorcerer's Stone and said, you know, this is a new book and it's very good and we recommend it. I checked it out, and I so I do this thing and I do it now, you know, in my adult life where I get really excited about something, I'll have it and then not do anything with it until I absolutely have to. <laughs> so it was the day before I had to turn it back in and there was a hold on it and I read the whole thing and then loved it. So That is so funny. <laughs> yeah, so from then I've been a big fan of the books, the movies. They for me like they feel two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do different things for me, so I've been a fan of that. And I've been lucky enough to go uh, to Harry Potter World in Universal. And then when I was in London, I went to the movie studio tour. So anytime that there's an opportunity to do something Harry Potter, um, I'm all in. And because you all don't know me, I love the Lego Harry Potter series on any <laughs> any video game system I could play it on. I probably have put more hours into Lego Harry Potter at this time than maybe well, no, the movies are long, so I, I definitely put more hours into the movies, but it could rival it, I'm sure. <laughs> you've, I'm safe to say you've put more hours into Lego Harry Potter than all of the Pokemon games combined, yes, do you think? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Probably like twice over. <laughs> That's amazing. So I didn't realize, uh, I, I guess I, I, I don't know... I've never asked this, so I didn't know this, but I didn't realize that you were there from the first book, like when yeah. the first book was new. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. For me, like I wasn't aware that the books even really existed until the third one was already out. Oh. So I actually, and I, I don't think they really like quote hit my school okay. until that time. I'm sure some kids were reading them or somebody knew about them, right? But as far as like everybody reading them, it wasn't until that third one was out because I remember that Christmas, this was so funny. I got the first book and the third book huh. and was like, wait a second. They literally have numbers on the spines. What happened? Oh, no. <laughs> so I read the first one and then was like, I was like, I can't read the third one until I get the second. So like after Christmas was over and like oh. a couple days passed, we like went out and got the second one so I could keep reading them. <laughs> yeah, that's so hard to have to wait. Oh, my God. Oh, it was terrible because, yeah, I, I also uh, I don't have a vivid memory of it necessarily, but I would not be surprised if I read that first book. Pretty much that day. I mean, maybe not on Christmas, but within those 24 hours for sure. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to get sucked into them. You know, it's it's, no wonder they mean a lot to a lot of people. And 
if I recall, you have a different relationship with the movies than I do, right? Yes, yes. So I I did read all the books as they were coming out, with kind of one exception, um, because the delays at the end of the series kind of put a wrench in some of that. Mm-hmm. I think the way mm-hmm. it timed out was like, you know, the the books I think always came out in the summer, right? Yep. Um, and I think they usually came out like just before when my birthday would be. I think they usually came out oh, like yeah. end of June, early July. Mm-hmm. So I always would get the new book for my birthday, like those, you know, next three, four years or whatever. And I think the, was it just the seventh one that was delayed? I think so. I think so. And I think the way it timed out, because that would have, I think, should have been the summer going into maybe my senior year of high school or into my freshman year of college or something like that. And for whatever reason, it just delayed at the wrong time. So it actually was like a couple years before I actually read the end of of the series um, and and wasn't spoiled, uh, shockingly. I know. I know. I mean, I guess the internet was a different place at at the time, but... (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that my that was primarily my experience was like just the books. I did see the first and the second movies in theaters, but then I stopped going to watch them. Uh, not for any other reason other than like they just uh, – I, I thought the first two were good, but they didn't grab me in the way that the books did, I guess, for some reason. Um, we also didn't really grow up going to the movies. That was mm-hmm. a thing that I developed um, interest in like – way later because my parents aren't movie going people so yeah i didn't really watch the movies it wasn't until i uh actually met you and had said like oh yeah i never actually saw the rest of them uh that i then watched them because you were like well hold up (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you need to watch them what the heck (laughs) so then i actually watched i think the movies three through eight Mm -hmm. for the first time with you i believe Mm -hmm. so uh and i i i have to confess i've only seen them those times i haven't (laughs) rewatched them yet but I'm not opposed to. I just uh, I don't I don't I don't think I own them. It's like uh, I would have to get them from the library or something. But huh. uh, might might be due for it. We'll see. Yeah, Harry Potter <laughs> weekend. It's my favorite. Yeah. Or even you know Harry Potter day. You just watch them all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just it would have just happened right because uh, Harry's birthday is doesn't it coincide with Harry's birthday, which is a July birthday. Uh, they just do it all the time. I think it's like 13th or 16th or something. The, I don't know. The, it's a 30th. Oh, it's the third. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or as as we record this, I, it might. Oh, yes, I don't know yes, exactly yes. when this is dropping, but um, it's around now. Yeah. <laughs> as we record or when it drops, in any case. But you you have a different relationship with the movies as well. You said right. Yeah, I. Like they do different things for you. They do, and I love the books, but I'm maybe because of timing. But I tend to grab for the movies when I just want to be back in that world and feel. Sure escapist i mean i've read the books probably well the first couple i read over and over again but the whole series yeah. i've probably read like two or three times I'm, I'm probably due for it but i feel conflicted with jk so like yeah i don't know I, yeah long story there, i i but. think i'll read them eventually again because i already own them like yeah. me rereading a book that i i already bought and actually most of which i didn't pay money for i mm-hmm. mean granted my family did pay money for them but still like <laughs> mm-hmm. um i already have them so i'll probably read them i haven't bought any of her new books or anything like that but no um i'll probably reread them i don't, I don't feel too bad rereading them yeah and because like we already know what happened you know it's like not new knowledge necessarily and yeah damage is done but yeah i it's tough yeah i feel conflicted and the movies i just feel like she's so far removed from but maybe that's not true either i don't know (laughs) 
But I do enjoy them both. But the movies yeah. more recently have been, and I think that's because you know Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Emma Watson live on in other things too, and I they like you know are similar and age. Staunchly oppose her. Yes. Oh my gosh, they're so cool. <laughs> so you know that you're like supporting Daniel Radcliffe and Emma, yeah. Emma Watson, and you know that they. Well, I don't know if Emma Watson has explicitly spoken out. I don't. I don't keep up, but I know Daniel Radcliffe has. <laughs> I I think she has, and I know her work. Her like, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and with them, they're cool people, and I just want right. to like, champion them. And I, you know, we've grown up with them. Yeah. I feel like they could be my friends. I don't know. You know, Derek from my co-host on the Walloping Web Snappers podcast. He's he's always said like. You know, it's it's whatever relationship you feel comfortable having as long as you're not, you know, actively supporting mm-hmm. somebody terrible. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to TV shows and movies, as opposed to books, like, you know, you were kind of drawing that distinction just a moment ago. Like, TV shows and movies are made by so many people yeah, that you're true. not just supporting one person. You're supporting all these other people. And a lot of those people are not J.K. Rowling and probably don't appreciate her, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Chances are somebody trans probably worked on those movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and with the upcoming game that'll eventually come out, like yep. we we're getting bits and pieces. I have a really conflicted sort of uh, I, I don't know what to do about that because we know that people working on that game actively don't support her, but you still have to pay money to yeah. play the game. So it's like yep. ah, but anyway, that's a whole you know. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll get there when we get there. I don't want to. Oh think yeah, about we'll that cross now. that bridge when we, when we get to it. But yeah, the movies. I, I think that makes sense because the movies. You know, like the the time commitment isn't quite as as hefty and the sort of like immersion is partially done for you because it's yeah. like visual as well, you mm-hmm. know, um, and the fact, like you said, like we grew up with those actors, essentially. I don't know about you, but I know that when they were doing, you know, the casting calls for the movies, <sighs> everyone in my class thought that they had a chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was like, uh, yeah. Y'all realize they're British, right? <laughs> I wanted to it be didn't Hermione. Matter. That is what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that, and, yeah. you know, she is my favorite character. But like, I saw myself as her. Like, that's yeah. who I was. You know, bookish, yeah. you know, a little weird frizzy hair. <laughs> tried real hard. Yeah, yeah, that was me. I mean, that's still probably We were ready to go. Know. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so do you have a favorite book and a favorite movie or just favorites? I like a movie. I like Half Blood Prince because it gets a little weird. I like weird. Yeah, with like Slughorn. He, they just, I don't know. Uh, Harry just is like maybe Daniel Radcliffe is just more himself as Harry Potter, and there's just some like really funny weird elements. So I do he, like that. He's weird, Vicky. Oh, I good. don't know how much you like keep up with Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> it's hard to because he he's not he has no online presence at all. Oh, like I think he's the smartest smartest person in the world as like a, a child actor for just like not being on social media, having no presence, but he seems like a weirdo. Oh my God. Uh, he did this movie with Paul Dano, I think oh. called Swiss army man. Huh. Weirdest movie ever. Huh. Um, and then he's, he's a producer and an actor on a show called, um, Oh, what is it called? It's like an anthology comedy series with Steve Buscemi. <gasps> yes. I saw a couple episodes of that. Oh, oh miracle workers. Yes. It's so funny and weird. It's so funny and weird. And the fact that he and Steve Buscemi are both producers on it means that, like, some of it has to be coming from Daniel Radcliffe's brain, too. And then, like, you watch him do, like, in, like rare interviews about it, and you're like, you're a weirdo. Yes. Like, you're a weird guy, and I love it. <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. So maybe that's that. when it started to sort of, like, you know, creep out into the yeah. actual, like, performance. 
It could be. My favorite, my favorite and only thing that I really, like, when I think Daniel Radcliffe, not as Harry Potter, I mm-hmm. think of him walking down the streets of New York. I think he had a cigarette in one hand, and then he had, like, 12 <laughs> dogs on leashes strapped around his waist, like, connected, and he's just, like, living life. And that's They probably what I weren't of. his dogs. He probably, oh, no, like, just yeah. was wanting to, he was probably just like, hey, can I walk your dogs? Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> this is like the same guy who like he's he's one of those people that goes to conventions in full costume so that nobody knows who he <gasps> oh, is shut up. so that he can just go i'm pretty sure like wow. I, I i'm i i can't think of what the costume was but i'm pretty sure he's one of those actors that will just go to a convention in like for example like a full stormtrooper outfit or something so no one knows who he is oh that's amazing just so he can walk around and just like enjoy himself like he just good for him. i would love to meet him and he would love nothing less than to not meet me and i love that about him <laughs> yeah, that's cool you do you man oh my goodness um my favorite book though is goblet of fire oh that's that's a good i have very fond memories of reading that one yeah i i really liked the pace i mean it did get dark at the end uh, sure but i i loved the competition i was really into sports at the time so i think that played right to me I loved the introduction of like different schools and thinking about it as an actual like wizarding world versus this one, you know, isolated in um, school and stuff. Oh, that's so, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it really like open things up. Yeah. That's the first book I anticipated because I jumped in at book three. So oh, it was the yeah. first one I like waited for. Oh, cool. That's a good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's also one of the very few books. Granted, I was uh, however old, well, 13 we were 13, 14 when that book came out. It's one of the few books that uh, like scared me in the way that like Ooh. a horror movie could. Okay. Um, because there are certain moments in that book. I mean, the end being one of them, mm-hmm. but also at the very beginning when mm-hmm. they're at like the Quidditch Cup and you you sort of learn what some of the, the forbidden curses are like, quote, firsthand or whatever. Yeah. The way that my imagination like pictured those things, just like it was far too active in my mind. And I was like, this is like disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of the few times I read a book and was like disturbed. <laughs> yeah. I As you're saying that, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But as you're saying that, I can picture like what they were doing to mm-hmm. the muggles. Like, Ugh. yeah. Creepy stuff. Yep. 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 That's a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> what are your faves? Yeah, my I, I don't know if I have a favorite movie because I don't know them yeah, well enough. Um, but uh, my favorite book was kind of always the second one, just Aww. because of the way it's. I mean, I unfortunately I'm giving I'm <laughs> got to give credit to a terrible person here, but <laughs> the way that she crafted that book in particular as sort of like a mystery, mm-hmm. um, I think it's one of the first. I don't read a lot of mysteries, so I don't really have a lot of context for it or anything, and I certainly didn't read mysteries at the time, so it was the first time I read a mystery. That then by the end of the book, you had all those flashes of like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) the clues were all there. You know what I mean? And I think that as like a a first experience, like within a genre, really like stuck with me. It's by far the book that I read the most uh, or like reread the most because of that. It felt like such a like self-contained sort of story. And Mm -hmm. I really, really dug that. That's awesome. I, I mean, it makes sense. I never thought of it or haven't thought of it as like a mystery before, uh, but that I, I really enjoyed that one too. And I do like mysteries now, so that totally lines up. That probably would have yeah. been like my first mystery-ish book that I read ever. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I have to, I have to reread six and seven because I don't think I've read, I don't think I've reread those ones. Yeah, um, I've reread all the other ones. Um, 
and I, I definitely enjoy the first four uh, a lot more than the fifth, but that's not a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> angst, angst, angst. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. Good story stuff, but rough, hairy stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you mentioned that Hermione's your favorite character, mm-hmm. so there's really only one other thing we got to get to, because if we're talking Harry Potter and anybody's listening to this because they like Harry Potter, they just want to know, and we kind of alluded to it, but they just want to know what houses we're in. Oh, yeah. That's all they really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, And this is hard because I would have put myself, well, I wanted to be in Gryffindor for the longest time. And, you sure. know, you take the quizzes and then you answer how you think a Gryffindor is going to answer and then you're in Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> but as I've aged and wisened yeah. up, I've come to realize I am a Ravenclaw for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm proud of that and happy with that. So it just took me a while to get there. <laughs> I, uh, I, was a, I was a Hufflepuff for a long time, okay. I think. I, I liked, I for some reason was like drawn to it, but I sort of had a similar journey, but through a different house yeah. uh, and came to the realization like, no, it really makes more sense that I'm in Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the more you sort of understand what the houses are outside the context of protagonist, side character, antagonist, mm-hmm. I think you start to have a better understanding of like where you would actually sort of fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Ravenclaw is where I would, I would fit in because it's like... I used to think of it just as the like booky, like booksy, yep. sort of nerdy type yep. area, but they're also the sort of like fine artsy people too, right? Yeah, like, there's a lot of creativity in Ravenclaw. Right. So I think I think that balance would would land me right there. So yeah. Uh, hence my team Ravenclawitzer. <laughs> I was very <laughs> nice. very happy that I remembered that Pokemon existed so that I could make that that mashup. I like it. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's mash these things up, shall we? Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> let's get into the wizarding world of Pokemon. So basically, um, I talked about this in the sort of reintroduction or future of a Victory Road episode, but I want to start taking franchises and smashing them up with Pokemon and seeing what happens. <laughs> and so, uh, Vicky, as my my sort of resident wizarding world expert friend, <laughs> uh, I figured you're the best person to do this with me. So uh, we're gonna see where it goes. We're gonna see. What happens when we try to answer the question, what would the wizarding world look like if Pokemon were involved? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's weird. That's my first my first answer. Be I love that. Yeah. Yes. It should be weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's complicated, too. Like, the more you think about certain aspects, the more sort of complicated I feel like it gets, which is fun. So Yeah. I think maybe the easiest place to start, I think it's probably a good warm-up, is with, like, some Pokemon partners. I think if we take sort of the main characters of Harry Potter mm-hmm. um, and just sort of figure out what Pokemon partners they might have. I think that'll, that'll grease the wheels a little bit. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Did you, uh, I took a, a pretty literal approach. Okay. Based on what pets they have in the books. Uh, I don't know if you, if you took a similar approach or if you did a more characteristic type personality type matching, but uh, I, I went pretty literal. So when it came to Harry, Hermione, and Ron, the first things I thought of were owl, cat, and rat, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I figure Harry Potter, it makes sense for him to have probably a noctowl. Mm. Uh, they don't really have a snow owl in Pokemon, oh. uh, but but noctowl is sort of the most literal owl. Um, and it seems a little intense to give him decidueye. Um Seems a little intense for Harry Potter. So noctowl seems like a nice fit. And then I thought his uh, his Patronus is also a stag, right? Yep. So Saw's Buck, Mm -hmm. which is basically just a a buck, (laughs) felt like it could also be a good sort of secondary partner if he's going to build up a team. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like those. I sometimes went with it, it was it was hard. I will say that all of like thinking about this was it was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes I went with like, oh, well, you know, their animal is this. So I think this should match. But also I tried to do personality matches a little bit. Sure. For Harry, I really wanted to give Harry Pikachu because he needs <laughs> like, you know, Pikachu is the Pokemon. Uh, but yeah. I, I ended up going with Braviary. Ooh. Yeah, and I tried so again, I I know I missed a big chunk of Pokemon that I'm trying to like relearn and get familiar with. So I I wanted to I looked at like Pokédex entries too if mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. So like with Braviary, it says they fight for their friends without any thought about danger to themselves, which is like <laughs> Harry Potter to a T. Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good that's a really good like personality match, I think. Braviary came up for me in a different context, but that makes Ooh. that makes way more sense than where I uh, There were some the, like the th- these three, I went very literal with. But when we talk about some other things, there were some I I had a similar approach to. Where I was like, I'm going to be really literal about this, and then other things that were literal didn't seem like they fit as well. Braviary fits more here where you put it than where I thought about it elsewhere. Ooh, I'm excited. So to I hear. like that. Yeah, that's so funny. Fights for its friends without <laughs> thinking of its own safety. <laughs> yup, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Well, what about Hermione? Where did you go with Hermione? Was that a literal one or was that a personality one? I wanted to give her a cat. I really did. Um, that was my first thought. But where I landed... <laughs> that was my thought, yeah. Yeah, was with Ninetales. Um, Ooh. Yeah, and Ninetales instead of Vulpix, just because I think Hermione over all of the books really does take it to the next level. And not that Vulpix doesn't, but like, you know, she becomes this like intense, really, really talented witch. Um, yeah. You know, it's really smart and cunning. And Ninetales, I, I love Vulpix. I don't often play with Ninetales, so this was a little bit of a wild card. But mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was a good fit for her. What about you? I threw a through a recent memory exercise, I remembered that Vulpix was on my very original Pokemon <gasps> Blue team. Nice! I had a Vulpix and a Ninetales. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. For me, I Hermione again was a literal one that I did. So I thought either I felt like Perugly, which is sort of like a big, bulky, grumpy looking cat, felt a little <laughs> bit like Crookshanks. Yeah. But I also thought maybe Tora Cat, which is sort of a cat with attitude. Yep. Because Crookshanks isn't always just a jerk. It's sort of a jerk from certain people's perspective mm-hmm. ron yeah right <laughs> so tora cat might be a little bit more of a a, a better example because it's a cat but it's got attitude but it's not necessarily like a grumpy cat <laughs> yeah i like tora cat a lot for, for ron i couldn't ignore the fact that wormtail yeah. is his pet so i once i once i thought of alolan ratata and it's stupid little mustache <laughs> and it's obnoxious little attitude that's i was like it's got to be that it's got to be that <laughs> that yes that is perfect i i didn't think of the alolan variant but that makes way more sense i went with this is gonna be mean uh slowpoke slash slowbro <laughs> i don't like ron very much um I, I like ron less in the movies and so maybe i need to reread yes. the books and give him a better verdict then i mean slow poke slow bro is great but ron is by far the character in the movies that felt the most different than how i thought he was in the books Mm, okay i had a very different picture of him in the books than in the movies not just like visually like i for me rupert grant looks like nothing like how i imagined (laughs) ron but also a little bit of personality so that's that's i i do i do think that the slow poke sort of uh 
sort of dopey. Yeah, and I think that... <laughs> Slower to pick things up. <laughs> right, and, you know, sometimes, like, passively there, and then something yeah. will happen, and, you know, oh, yay, Ron, you did it, but really he just was yeah. in the right place at the right time. But I like yours much better. I think that's a, a ideal fit right there. <laughs> I was just being mean. <laughs> I like it, though. I like it. <laughs> that's an inspired choice. <laughs> yeah. Did you think of any other students? Were there other students that you were thinking of? I, so... This is part because I love this Pokemon and part because I think it makes sense. Um, but for Neville, I wanted... I thought of Neville, too. I wanted him to be Bulbasaur. <laughs> oh, you know what's so funny? I was sitting there like, okay, Neville has a frog. Like, oh, what yeah. are some frog and toad Pokemon? And I didn't even think of Bulbasaur, which for all intents and purposes is a frog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always <laughs> like, forget. I, don't, I forget that it's basically a frog, you know? Yeah. So I was thinking like, okay, well, of the frogs, which one makes the most sense? And I was like, well, it would be kind of dopey, I think. So I thought like Krogunk because it kind of has a dopey oh, yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think Bulbasaur is a good one because I think the thing with Krogunk is I kind of had to rationalize it. I had to sort of think like, okay, Trevor's constantly getting lost. Yeah. So like, how would that work? And I was like, I guess Krogunk would just sort of like wander off instead of excitedly <laughs> hop off. But Bulbasaur is a bit more energetic. So I feel like that's a good yeah good good fit oh man why why isn't bulbasaur considered a frog <laughs> I don't, well and honestly it like literally is right yeah I'm not like <laughs> yeah well i i didn't know that i or i knew that but like i didn't think about I that think it is yeah no no because no, when you play let's go and you have venusaur out it leaps like yeah, a frog. Like hops along yeah yeah my thought was just like the plants because neville is so into oh, herbology but that's even it's better. like double with the frog that i didn't think of so yeah this is why we're a good team <laughs> mm, that's good that's good i hadn't thought of other partners for students but i thought of some students that might be fun to think of oh yeah malfoy obviously i think would be a good one to to consider mm-hmm. i don't have any immediate thoughts uh, but i think there's probably a good a good match something mean maybe maybe something well okay the books the books really want us to understand that malfoy is a child who's been manipulated yeah and so a lot of what is mean about him is actually him being manipulated by adults right? right so if there's a pokemon that sort of has a mean vibe but is like or looks mean but you know isn't necessarily i think that's a good good place to go you know the tv show had this episode that was all just the Pokemon. Both Ash and his gang's Pokemon and Team Rocket's Pokemon were all separated from their trainers, and then they had to work Mm -hmm. together to find their trainers. Uh And in that episode, there was a moment where I think it might have been Bulbasaur uh, who was like, why are we helping Ekans and Coughing? Like, they're the bad guys. And some other Pokemon, I don't know if it was Pikachu or Charmander or something, was basically like, Pokemon aren't bad. Like, trainers might be bad, but Pokemon aren't bad. So now that I'm thinking about that, I feel like a good... A good Pokemon for Malfoy would be something like an Ekans that's a snake that people might not like right away or something that's a spider or, yeah. you know, something that that's sort of a misunderstood type of animal. Mm-hmm. I agree I think with might that. might be fun. Yeah. And in, did you read Cursed Child? I haven't. I okay. might have it. That's the, that's the screenplay, right? Or not the screenplay, the play, right? Yep. Yep. In the play, Malfoy returns and is given more of like a redemptive arc. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, is shown to be very uh, complicated. So yeah. I, I I like that, like Ekans or a, something that's like misunderstood. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what about Luna Lovegood? Something that's a fairy. <laughs> I well, Okay, so I like, I was thinking about Luna. Um, yeah. But didn't land on one. I like Cutie Fly. 
because I feel mm-hmm. like it's cute and small and floaty around and could be, um, what did she call it? Luna's, you need the specter specs to see them, whatever the things floating <laughs> around in the world, whatever Luna sees frequently. So I, oh yeah, cutie fly, I think could be a good one. Um, something else fairy for sure. There are, these wouldn't be, I like the idea of fairy. These don't fit into that though. Um, but I think it could, I mean, there might be a better character in the wizarding world for this, but there are these Pokemon, Mana and Musharna, who I think mm-hmm. are, I think they're constant, they're either constantly asleep or yep. they have to do with sleep and dreams yep. um, and stuff like that. And they're psychic, but they have a very dreamy sort of vibe and they have something to do with dreams. Either they inspire <laughs> dreams or they appear in dreams or they eat dreams or something like that. That feels very Luna Lovegood to me. Yeah. It- <laughs> They eat dreams. Oh, here, here, here. Uh, in Alpha Sapphire, it eats the dreams of people and Pokemon. When it eats a pleasant dream, it expels pink-colored mist. I like <laughs> Doesn't it. that feel like something Luna would talk about? Yeah. Or, like, voluntarily submit herself to? Yep, yep. Sometimes it, it goes to people who are having nightmares, and it eats those dreams. So, like, it's not necessarily a bad consuming your good yeah. dreams, but something helpful. Yeah. Very floaty. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Just sort of there, whimsical. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> you might not good. notice it right away, and then you turn, and there she is, and there it is. <laughs> yep. I like that a lot. It's a good one. Hmm. Who are some other notable students? Well, I feel like Cedric Diggory is one. To, oh. I'd like Cedric Diggory would probably be something like uh, something brave or strong or something like that. Something loyal, maybe a dog Pokemon. It could be. I was, Something like that. The first thought I had, I'm going to take a cheap shot at Hufflepuff colors. Uh, Electabuzz. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. I like It's still mammalian. I was thinking along those vibes. Yeah. I always liked Electabuzz, but I never had one in my party. <laughs> Just lives near power plants. Yep. Sounds like Cedric Diggory. I mean, he did get hit with lightning, so. Or not oh, lightning, boy. But getting dark. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I like Cedric's character. I mean, I, I also liked Robert Pattinson a lot in the movie version, sure. but I liked Cedric a lot in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a, a good arc. I think he's hard not to like. Yeah. Personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about professors? Huh. What about some of the the notable professors? I, I picked three that seemed like obvious choices to talk about. I'm sure there are some more. Dumbledore, McGonagall, and Snape are the ones that I thought uh, were good places to start there. These are tough. These are really tough. Dumbledore, I landed on Heracross. Ooh, one of my favorites. Okay, okay. Help me understand that pairing because I don't get it immediately. (laughs) Okay, well, so I remembered I really liked in the anime episode when Heracross was introduced and I felt like Heracross was Uh not like super tough, but just like there. And I, I think Heracross had like some kind of really relationship will they won't they with another pokemon in one of the episodes and i thought that was funny too so that made me think of like <laughs> dumbledore and madame pomfrey um but the pokedex entry for heracross usually docile but if disturbed while sipping honey it chases off the intruder with its horn and that felt like a very dumbledore thing like tough as nails but like usually very kind when unprovoked um and doing something you know, mundane, like eating, I think Dumbledore ate like lemon drops was his yeah. candy of choice, you know, so I... Oh my gosh. I thought that was... Yeah, that's so good. I thought, and like, it's weird and like visually, you know, I want to go with like Moltres, 
Uh, I think, you know. That's what I thought. I was like, well, I guess it would be Moltres because he is a phoenix, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, like, I think that makes oh more gosh. sense. But I I really liked that description. And I have well, fond thoughts of Heracross, so. But the thing, the thing about Moltres is, like, theoretically, it's, I mean, it's a hard, you, you wouldn't have it as a Pokemon partner. So, like, yeah, I like that you went with something that was more personality-based. Plus, like, now that I'm envisioning it, like, yeah, they would be best friends, obviously. Yeah, yeah just doing weird <laughs> stuff together. But with Moltres, you know, it's Dumbledore. And Dumbledore, you know, had the Elder Wand. And sorry if I'm spoiling Harry Potter for anybody at this point. Um, but, like, it, I feel like Dumbledore could pull off having Moltres as a partner in like mutual respect and not in a yes. traditional like I own you right. way. Not a like capture situation, but a like, hey friend situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Can I can I ask a favor, Moltres? <laughs> yeah, please do this for me. <laughs> I like it. McGonagall, I had a harder t- actually McGonagall and Snape I had a harder time with because yeah. I was being so literal about it, but I, I love the approach you've taken, so I wonder if you have have some ideas. Because I literally just went like Let's pick another cat. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to pick a cat. Um, so I kind of have two for McGonagall. One, okay. I came up uh, with Gardevoir, who <gasps> I wanted to – I had for Dumbledore originally until I thought of Heracross. Gardevoir, Guardian po- – and I don't know much about Gar- uh, Gardevoir's personality from the anime because I hadn't gotten that far. Yeah, I don't either. I, I know Gardevoir mostly just from, like, Pokedex entries and, like, battling. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it, you know, protects its trainer. It's very tough, kind of reserved, yeah. which is what I think of when I think of McGonagall. Super tough cookie, but not the most open, but fights very hard for her people and what she believes in. Yeah. Uh, my second thought was Evie and all of the evolutions because of Transfiguration and also oh my McGonagall's gosh. and Animagus. But I don't, I, I didn't have a specific one. I just said all of them. <laughs> no, but that's so good. Vicky, these are so inspired. <laughs> this is, oh, these are so good. Pokemon. Well, what did you have for McGonagall? Well, McGonagall, I just was like, I couldn't get past the cat thing. Yeah. And I know that her, because I, I really, I didn't want to, because I was like, just because she turns into a cat doesn't mean her partner would be a cat. But then I went the Patronus route and was like, well, her Patronus is also a cat. Yes, that's So it's true. not like she just turns into a cat. She is like quite the cat lady. <laughs> um, so I thought Glammeow, because it's kind of Ooh. like a gray, um, not like smug or like, you know, like mm-hmm. nasty cat or anything, but it's like, it, it's like a tough, proper sort of cat and that felt like oh, maggie yeah. smith like you know yeah i'm looking at <laughs> and it's light so i was thinking of her her patronus while i was looking at it <laughs> yeah i'm looking at um glamiao's sprite because i hadn't seen it before and that does look very mcgonagall-esque like very pointed prim proper like sitting cat i like that but one. the transfiguration thing that is so that's i like that the sort of Evie and the transfiguration aspect of it. That's cool. Yeah, that's like if Evie, well, because this is a world that we made up, so it could do anything, right? Uh, right. You know, Evie can just, or maybe Evie can, and I just don't know this, can go into any <laughs> any of the forms depending on what they're feeling like. That's that would be what cool. I dictate. <laughs> In this world, why not? Yeah, we have some right. magic. Yes. Some magical liberty. Yes. Snape's actually the one that I didn't go uh, literal on. Okay. Um, but I don't know what there would be to go literal on because he doesn't. One, I don't know what his Patronus, if he has one, is. Does he have one that we know of? Uh, yes. It, isn't is it, it? Um, a doe for Lily? Oh, that makes sense. Oh, well, I didn't. I did not pick Deerling. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. In this case, because I didn't have some sort of specific animal to reference, I did think more personality, more vibe, 
I was thinking like, well, I want to do something poison, but not something that's like obviously poison because mm-hmm. Snape is like ostensibly not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I picked uh, Salandit, which is like a poison fire type. Mm -hmm. And I just imagined like, now I'm taking liberties with the size of Salandit because it's like bigger than this. But I just imagined like Snape walking around with like a little Salandit lizard like on his shoulder or like crawling down his arm. Mm -hmm. It looks, it feels like a little like nasty sidekick. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) And it could light cauldrons for him. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. And one of the things... I remember, I think from the books, is they just talked about like Snape's greasy hair and like how slimy yeah. he was. And I think that's a perfect, <laughs> perfect partner. Him and a little lizard. Yeah, just hanging out. <laughs> did you have one for Snape? I did. So I said Lycanroc. Um, Ooh, yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe Dusk form, but probably just like normal Lycanroc. Um, it has very swift movement. It said it backs its prey into a corner and it confuses its enemy and i thought that was pretty apropos for like how snape operated and then i also thought wouldn't it be interesting because snape's you know backstory a little bit is like he was kind of the outcast and james potter and lupin and uh, Sirius black were like besties in the club and you know wouldn't it be nice if snape had like a dog companion or a wolf and um yeah you know like Lupin transformed into the werewolf and Sirius was into the dog. So like Snape had something he could maybe have in common with them. That was the new story I wrote for them. Vicky, these are so good. <laughs> I love the way you thought about these things. This is, this is why you're perfect for this. <laughs> I'll tell you, this, it was fun. It's fun to think like just the collision of two, two worlds that I love very yeah. dearly. Yeah, it's great. Oh, these are so inspired. I love this so much. Oh, good. I don't know if you thought of other faculty or adults. I thought of two specifically and like what Pokemon they might have. Um, One's very literal. One is just sort of, uh, it's kind of literal, but personality based because it's a very black and white interpretation. But the two that I thought of because I was thinking of Pokemon before I was even thinking of Harry Potter, uh, Tonks. I feel like uh-huh. Tonks has a ditto. I feel oh, like that's. Yeah. I feel like she and her ditto are just having a blast. That's perfect. Oh my gosh, they totally are. <laughs> and then Filch. Uh, I just imagined Miss uh, Mrs. Norris as a purloin, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, which is just that little that little cat that looks like a punk, and it looks like it's ready to tell on you. Yeah. Uh, every moment it gets. <laughs> Those are that's perfect. Those are really good. The only additional one I thought of so. I thought of the ghosts, so or a ghost. Oh yeah, yeah. So Peeves, which doesn't really show up in the movies, but is in the books. So I, I had mysterious. Yeah, weird omission. I know because Peeves was like a very strong character in the books, and not really insignificant either, no. depending on the book. Yeah, I I don't know why they did that. I and I just kind of went with it, but now I'm thinking about it. Like they should have definitely had him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Peeves, I said mysterious, just because you know, <laughs> ghost and also like trickster. Yeah kind of thing ghosts in the world of pokemon are very strange so crossing these things over you know when you consider that ghosts are like living conscious beings you can interact Mm -hmm. with in the wizarding world is kind of funny to think about yeah oh geez can you imagine gengar in hogwarts i think that would be pretty awesome Uh, yeah if it would fit right in yeah i feel like there are a lot of ghost pokemon or dark pokemon like mischievous type type things like i feel like impidimp uh, which is like a new, like mischievous imp fairy type Pokemon Ooh. would fit in perfectly in the Wizarding World. Just like this little nasty gremlin, <laughs> uh, you know, that just uh, just wants to cause trouble for you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
Well, this is something that I think is probably very, very literal. Well, I, I was very literal about it, but I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you weren't. I don't know what we need to spend a ton of time on this, but I thought about the Hogwarts house mascots and what they might be if they were Pokemon instead of animals. These I did very literally because I didn't like reinterpret the houses. I kind of kept them the same. Mm-hmm. So I thought Gryffindor, there is a lion Pokemon. Hmm. So there you go. Pyroar. <laughs> nice. Uh, Slytherin, I felt like Superior yeah. uh, would be a good one because it's, it's it is a snake, but it's also like majestic and it's strong and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be a good mascot for, for them. Hufflepuff, there is like literally a badger in Galarian Lanoon. It's even black and white. Yeah. Um, Ravenclaw is the one that I struggled with. This is where bravery, uh, bravery kind of okay. came up for me. Yeah, because I was like, well, Ravenclaw's mascot is an eagle, but it's like a brown eagle, and Braviary is sort of like mm. an American bald eagle, kind of. Yeah. So it like sort of fits. But I was like, I just, but like maybe I don't know. Would it be Pidgeot? Would it be Braviary? Uh... Corviknight is more of a raven, but it feels like it's the right vibe. But that's just a misnomer because of Ravenclaw. Like, <laughs> so I, I couldn't really land on what, but I think it probably would be Braviary. Yeah. It is literally an eagle. <laughs> well, and you know, like think of Luna and how strong and brave she had to be and like really play out like that aspect and all of that too. So I think yeah, that's, that's a good true. one. That fits very well. That's true. Yeah, that's a good that's a good good way to sort of like center it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked those. My Slytherin matched, so I had Superior as well. Oh, nice. For Gryffindor, I did not do literal. I, mm-hmm. I kind of went with, like, again, my interpretations of these Pokemon and my connections. So uh, yeah. for Gryffindor, I went with Growlithe. Um, See, that makes more sense. I like that better because it has more to do with the personality and the association with the Pokemon than just, like, a one-for-one. One. I guess I don't know. I mean, was it Purloin? Purror? For, oh, Pyro. It's just literally yeah. a lion. I don't, it's okay. just a fire lion. A fi- I like a fire <laughs> lion, though. That's cool. Uh, for Hufflepuff, I had Snorlax. <laughs> oh, that's good, yeah, too. Just, you know, lounging, eating oh, all the things. You know what would also be good for Hufflepuff? What? Is like Licky Licky, which is oh, like yeah. kind of like chef inspired yep. a little bit. Yep. Uh, also a food based Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That would be really good. Those would be fun. Um, for Ravenclaw, I put Mewtwo. Oh, yeah, ooh. yeah, like intellect, wit, yeah, uh, the creativity part. Eh, maybe that wasn't developed in Mewtwo yet, <laughs> uh, but some of the things were there. I thought. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, so that's what I came up. Oh, with. you played Sun and Moon, right? Yes. Orangaroo, which is oh, like that wise yeah. orangutan yep. Pokemon that apparently like teaches and quizzes other Pokemon. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that would be, be a good Ravenclaw mascot too. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, one thing you added to the notes that I would love to hear you talk about, how would different schools and regions of magic potentially be affected by Pokemon? And and you're going to have to remind me of some of these because you listed some. Durmstrang and Bobatons. I'm assuming that's the Russian school and the French school. Yes. Yep. Got it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, this is where, like, I was thinking about the Pokemon and then I was like, oh, God, like, this is going to go all over the place. So... Uh, you know, I th- in Fantastic Beasts, I think they mention, you know, like Newt does a lot of, you know, the English categorization and is knowledgeable. But then when you go over to the U.S., there's like different things. Yeah. So I was thinking it's probably going to be the same, which, you know, Pokemon does have regions. So that's not too far off um, in the regional variants. But I was thinking like type specialties. So Durmstrang, I think of strong, intense. So maybe like fire and dark 
uh, Bobaton, I think a lot of, or Bobatons, um, maybe some fairy, some like lighter, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of grass. And then it's funny because like I was thinking that and then I was like, well, what would Hogwarts type specialty be? Like normal <laughs> type? And like, no. Well, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that I always thought was really strange about how JK Rowling constructed that is like, there was, it was, it was sort of weird that like Durmstrang and Bobatons had like these very specific characteristics. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what's Hogwarts then? (laughs) Like, what is Hogwarts if they have these distinct personalities from these other schools? Well, right. And, like, Hogwarts (laughs) seemed like the elite school. But then in comparison to Durmstrang, uh, and they just look like the ragtag team. I was going to say, are they, like, kind of the hippie school? Like, did Dumbledore turn them into, like, the weird alternative school? I think so. I mean, look at that sorting hat. They have a singing hat that's, like, pizza (laughs) shit. I mean, you know, it's all, like, perception. We think it's this, but, like, really? they're just a bunch of i don't know yeah hippies. well and there are plenty of people in the wizarding world that think dumbledore is a total like Croc. Goober, yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> so that kind of makes sense oh that's interesting yeah so <laughs> i don't know but i i did think like schools would probably have preferences for sure or like what their specialty training is if oh yeah pokemon training is part of the curriculum which maybe it is maybe it's not um, i think I could see it, right? Because, like, there are certain subjects where it would sort of naturally fit in. The one that I immediately thought of was, like, herbology or, like, magical yeah. beasts. Yep, like, yep, those yep. two subjects are just almost, like, inherent. Like, they're almost already Pokemon. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how to handle magical beasts? That's Pokemon. Herbology? That's just grass Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. And, like, divination? Psychic Pokemon. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. I had a hard time thinking in terms of, like, potions and defense against the dark arts. Uh, if there was a type or like specific Pokemon that might fit best for those classes, Defense Against the Dark Arts, I think, would be less about a typing and more about particular types of Pokemon moves. Because there oh, are there are duh. Pokemon that are like specialists in like defense and special defense. Okay. Um, if you think of like a Wobbuffet uh-huh. um, or a Mister Mime or things like that, like their specialty is just defense. So I imagine that because a lot of that has to do with countering and parrying mm. and. Uh, neutralizing things i think that's more what that class would be as opposed to something like divination which i imagine would be a lot of psychic pokemon or other pokemon that seem to have that (laughs) vibe (laughs) potions is a hard one though yeah i for defense against the dark arts i was like trying to like pick a pokemon to like be the mascot for that class Uh or like who would sit in the corner Um, yeah and what i came up like it makes sense the like heavy class but i came up with like mill tank so in case they were needed to like practice spells they could like hit it with yeah. spells and it would be fine but i like your idea of like understanding movesets and <laughs> encounters I'm just like who could get beat up yeah who could take a hit yeah <laughs> chancy get in here yeah. oh, poor chancy <laughs> it's all the healers it's like mill tank chancy audino like all these like nice caring pokemon yeah you're just beating them up oh my god that's funny <laughs> <laughs> potions you know i hadn't thought of this until you said who would be like the mascot of that class uh-huh. potions i think shuckle Ooh. would make a lot of sense because shuckle if i remember correctly basically the whole thing is it puts berries into its shell and like i think like ferments them essentially uh inside its shell oh so i feel like shuckle would be like literally a, a tool helping you do potions cool <laughs> I, I don't know shuckle so that's yeah that's cool you're going to hate me for this one. For potions. I can't wait. Um, what I landed on, because I, I didn't have a, a genuine choice. Uh-huh. Um, 
I put Trubbish because maybe that's what happens when all the potions get mixed. Is that a Trubbish comes out? Yeah, or like Trubbish just absorbs it and it just becomes, you know, part of its being. I love Trubbish. That is so funny. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it though. Like, yeah, like there are certain Pokemon that I do feel like would fit in that environment, like a Shuckle or like a Coughing or oh, especially coughing a Galarian Coughing, mm-hmm. which does like purification and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, coughing, Galarian Coughing would be a great one to have in the room because if something goes wrong it's going to quickly purify the air and basically like save everybody from dying from a potions explosion <laughs> yeah i like that yeah that's so fun trubbish though i, I love that oh my gosh any excuse to get trubbish in the mix i'm good yeah with. that was pretty much that's pretty much it um one of the things that this is making me think of is how pokemon interact with wizards in this world sure and i was thinking like auras. It, when you said, you know, like coughing can purify the air, like, mm-hmm. how cool would it be? You know, an order is there fighting, you know, the good fight yeah. with, with their wand, but also they have a strong partner Pokemon who's who's alongside them together. And it's, you know, the, I was going to say the human, but like the wizard is not directing the Pokemon. Like they're working together in yeah. order to fight this thing and they, they're able to like enhance each other's abilities. I think that would be, you know, really neat depending on the, their specialty. That's a good thought because and it, it it's a more practical thought than what I was thinking was like, well, okay, the Wizarding World has Wizarding Duels, Pokemon World has Pokemon Battles. Like, how do you mix those together and what does it look like? Mm. And I guess I didn't really get further than like, I guess the trainer would be a little bit more involved because they're dueling too. Yeah. But it makes more sense to think of it in, in the terms of what you're talking about where there's like a real world practical application to it. And the idea that... Pokemon could sort of buff the wizard and wizards could sort of buff the Pokemon. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. I like that because I still feel very conflicted with Pokemon battles. Like, Yeah, because it's, it's dog fighting. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> that's not okay. Uh, so I, that could be a cool way to fix that problem is that just that doesn't happen. Yeah, makes it feel a little bit more like we're in this together. I could take a hit too. <laughs> yeah, but like maybe if they did want to do that, like the duels could just also involve the Pokemon, you know? Yeah. I think that could yeah, work. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, Ash gets beat up alongside Pikachu. And... <laughs> well, he sure does. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Ash is the exception. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that's a good thought. I like that you brought up the Aurors because... Because that, that sorts that out a little bit more for me, as opposed to just like, I guess we could just not duel each other, but yeah, there's a, no you know, a good practical application. Yeah. <laughs> this I like this question that you asked. Can you animate this into a Pokemon? I assume the answer would be yes. Right? Right? Because there's, there's, no, there's no non-Pokemon animals in Pokemon, right? It's just... Not officially. Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> the anime kind of screwed that up in the early days. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, not officially. Yeah. So I would imagine that all of the animals, sorry, animals would go away in this world and we would just have Pokemon. Um, so I would I would say yes then too. Yeah. But wouldn't that be weird if, mm-hmm. oh, but maybe it would just be my friend and then I could talk to him. Like I could turn into, you know, my Mimikyu and then we could be Mimikyus together. Mimikai? Mimikya? <laughs> Mimikyuties. Mimikyu? Oh my um. God. Oh my God. <laughs> Done. Well, I have a question for you that sort of relates to that. Like, I think, I think all of the Animagus, Animagi? <laughs> yeah. All turn into animals that we are already familiar with as people reading the book, like outside of the world. Mm-hmm. Does anybody in the books or the world that you know of 
transform into magical beasts? Mm, I don't think so. So I think that's sort of where the complication lies, right? Because if you can't turn into a basilisk, if you can't turn into a, right, a unicorn, talking spider, or yeah. a unicorn, I mean that that I think that's probably just a weird sort of um, dare I say flaw <laughs> <laughs> in the books that people who might have been raised in the wizarding world only turn into non magical animals. Yeah. Um, but I guess if, maybe that's the distinction, right? Maybe there's something about the fact that they're not magical animals. Hmm. But I don't know. I do think that, like, if you were creating this world sort of artistically, I think what would be the most fun is to add Pokemon to it and then allow some of the magical beasts to sort of be Pokemon-ified, if that makes Ooh, sense. Ooh, I like that. Um, so then you're not necessarily sacrificing all of the magical beasts. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> some of them are freaking cool. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Some of the dragons are cool. Let's just add some more dragon Pokemon. <laughs> well, and, like, the dragon, I had a, this is where I had a hard time because I was thinking, like, yeah. oh, well, you know, there's dragons in the Wizarding World. There's dragons in Pokemon. And then I kept thinking of the Chinese Fireball in Goblet of Fire versus, like, Charizard animated. So I yeah. had to pull them together I, before Detective Pikachu there was like a fan-made live-action Pokemon trailer on YouTube. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, that Charizard. I need that Charizard next to that (laughs) dragon. And then I believe the story. So yeah, Yeah. more dragons. I think that's that's fine. (laughs) I'm fine with more dragons in the world of Pokemon. Yeah. (laughs) And then the one thing I thought of, I, I I don't really have much of a thought on this other than Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them just basically is Newt being a Pokemon trainer. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally just traveling the world and trying to like befriend, but sort of capture a bunch of magical creatures. <laughs> and then he keeps them all in a world, kind of like Professor Oak's lab. Yeah. And he's <laughs> building the Pokedex. That's Yeah, he's he's a Pokemon professor. Yeah. That's who Newt's commander is. Oh my gosh. I like that. He's <laughs> Professor Newt. Yes, he's the first Pokemon uh professor in this world that we've created. Yeah. I like that. Makes that makes sense. A lot. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you have other stray thoughts or other things that sort of like you went down a rabbit hole on as far as uh, or a, a score bunny hole uh, Ooh, like as you that. were trying to mash up these worlds? <laughs> the only thing I want to address. Yeah. Or, well, I want to get rid of Pokeballs, I think. I agree. But I so I don't have a solution. Maybe like Hermione's bag. I don't know. Keep them in your your bottomless bag of things where they can live. That could be like how Newt. I think yeah, Newt has a suitcase. Yeah, Newt. Yeah, you could you could definitely do that. I like that better. I was just thinking like, you know, if Pokemon were real, I feel like one Pokeballs are nonsensical. Yeah. So like, really, you would just befriend Pokemon. You probably could only have like one or two. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's true. You know. <laughs> but I like I like what you're saying though. Like they have pocket dimensions in harry potter and the wizarding world so like you could just do that (laughs) yeah and like you know my cat doesn't live in a a ball like it lives in my house so and like uh what's his face mr mime like lives in there in ash's house with his mom so like maybe that's we're shifting to that paradigm instead of i need to have a party and i need to store them in my computer and all that stuff yeah this is a mashup so you know we can we can we can leave some pokemon things behind yeah like pokeballs yeah get rid of those (laughs) We don't need those. No. <laughs> I like that. I like that thought a lot better. Yeah. Did you have any? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just thought of something. Yes. Like, you know how wands are all made of different types of wood? Yeah. And different, like, elements <gasps> of magical creatures? Yeah. Like, would you have wands that incorporated elements of Pokemon in a way that isn't cruel? Kind of like, you know, like a strand of a, isn't one of them like a unicorn hair mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a feather or things like that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I feel like there probably would be certain Pokemon that would be oh, sort of uh, a Ho-Oh feather. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, uh, that would be. I feel like that would be like a a rare element. Yeah. Uh, sort of like is Phoenix Feather one of them? Yeah, is that a core? I, yeah, I think. I don't know. Is this, isn't Harry's Phoenix heart string? That's, oh, that's oh yeah. Dragon oh gosh, I forgot it was a heart string. Yeah, um, this is where I'm getting the details <laughs> fuzzy. <laughs> that's all right. I don't know. <laughs> I think I didn't want to think about it yeah, being a sorry. heart string. Yeah, that's kind of dark. What <laughs> maybe maybe it's like I'm gonna get dark for a second, but like one of nine tails tails feathers. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. it could be it could be it could be fur from a nine tails tail. Yeah. Okay. You know? <laughs> um, or it could be a feather of a ho o or other yeah. types of of birds. Yeah. Um, different. I'm just trying to think of. Oh, you know what it would probably be? Hmm. There are like legendary and mythical Pokemon in the world of of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So it would probably be things like that. It would be yeah. rare things like that, like a feather of a ho o or the fur of a Zeraora or things like that where it's like, oh, you rarely see them. That makes but sense. But like there's evidence they exist, yeah. you know, and you can find traces of them. And those would be like the rare cores. But then there might be some other ones that, you know, aren't as rare but still would be considered sort of magical, like a Galarian Rapidash, which is basically yeah. just like a magic unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. I like that. And maybe like you could have uh, – they're rocks, so that doesn't necessarily make sense in a wand. But like you could have like a shard, a small like sliver of a moonstone oh, as like an yeah. enhancer or something. Because there are so many elemental stones in the Pokemon world anyway. That would make yeah. sense. And if you're trying to specialize in a type to go with your magic style or your, your school, wherever you're at, then that yeah. would make sense, you know. I want a wand made from the wood of a Trevenant, <gasps> which is like that yeah. ghost tree, that yeah. like spooky haunted ghost tree. Yep. I don't know what core I would want. I just know I want the wand made of a Trevenant. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. I feel like that would be spooky. Yeah, that really would be. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is fun. This yes. is like uh, this is like a fun mashup. You know, I wanted to do these mashups, and this was sort of kind of the first one to sort of like test the waters. I felt pretty confident because i knew that you knew both wizarding world and pokemon stuff it's even better than i expected like like i said (laughs) some of the stuff that you were saying was like totally inspired um really amazing so i'm so happy thank you so much vicky for joining me to do this this is really like a proof of concept so good uh, i'm really (laughs) really pleased oh good i'm so fun to be here so thanks for having me yeah, of course. Um, I uh, I look forward to. I mean, I'll I'll get them, of course. But if you ever come back on, you know, the audience will too. But I look forward to getting updates on on your Pokemon journey as you continue yeah. to push through the the games to catch up and stuff. But uh, in the meantime, uh, where can people find you and perhaps any podcasts that you make on the regular? <laughs> yeah, my 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 regular podcast is Novel Gaming. You can find us at Novel Gaming Pod on Twitter, and that's probably the best place to find me. Like I said at the top of that, it's about books and video games. So if you like those two things, yep, you'll like us. Check Vicky, uh, me, and our friend Katie on that podcast. You'll like what we're doing, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining me and my co-host for this episode, Vicky, on another adventure along the Victory Road and beyond into the Wizarding World. Uh, for information on the show, be sure to find us on social media at Victory Road Pod. And if there's something in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about uh, and you'd like for me to talk about or perhaps even appear on the podcast, please let me know. Until next time, I'm headed back to the Pokemon Center to fight a transphobe with nothing but a huge mug of butterbeer and a team full of Sylveon. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 